0: Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus.
1: Hey, Horn Frogs, this is Andrew Youngblood, director of Chi Alpha here at TCU. Uh, October was our missions month, and one of the amazing things that we got to do during missions month was host a couple of wonderful missionaries in our worship service. And so we we did some a time of worship, a little bit of time of teaching, and then just had these two missionaries come up and, and do kind of like a panel interview around their experience, their call, the things that God has taught them through mission service. One of those missionaries was Ashley Garcia. Ashley is actually a Chi Alpha alumni from Texas State University down in San Marcos, Texas. Um, she's an Assemblies of God World missionary to the country of Moldova, which is a small country in Eastern Europe, kind of landlocked between Romania and the Ukraine. It's one of the poorest countries in Europe, um, and the population is kind of in decline because of that. Uh, Ashley's working with a team that's pioneering, actually, university ministry, Chi Alpha, in Moldova, working in the capital city to disciple students on over 19 universities in that city. Uh, through their Caiaphas Student Center. And Ashley's been a missionary for just a a handful of years and uh, is hoping to go back very soon to serve on the mission field in Moldova. Our other guest was a wonderful man of God named Don Exley. He and his family were missionaries to Argentina for over 40 years. So his wife Melba and their two kids were serving there in Argentina. And what they did while they were there was plant churches. And and these churches that they planted in their time there have gone on to plant other churches and reach literally tens of thousands of people for Jesus in the country of Argentina. And that's by way of basically just over the years Argentina has become a nation dealing with extreme poverty going from uh, you know the fourth wealthiest country in the world about a 100 years ago to having times of over a thousand percent inflation and kind of in the middle of that economic and political crisis God placed Don and his family there to plant churches to train pastors and to see this like this incredible move of God in the country and uh, what I loved about doing this panel interview is having someone like Ashley who's just a few years into her missionary career and uh, just kind of getting started in that, and then having Don, who's this other voice that's had a lifetime of faithful service in the field, and their perspectives are so insightful and challenging, and I think you're going to love the things that they had to say, and and those of you who were there at the service, you had so many great things to say about what you learned from these missionaries about the call of God and obedience to Jesus, and we're going to jump right into the first question that we ask them. So here it is, our interview with Ashley Garcia and Don Exley. So sometimes we have a picture in our minds that uh, missionaries are super spiritual, super holy people uh, that float through life, um, living and loving people and on mission from God, right? That uh, we don't always consider missionaries might struggle or make mistakes <laughs> or or question if you're even the right person for the job. And so I'm curious, can can you tell us maybe about a time when you made a mistake as a missionary or maybe a time where you were wondering if you were actually cut out for the calling? Don, would you start?
2: Wow, to learn another language as an adult means you are going to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you have to regress to being a, like in kindergarten, unless you start learning language as uh, at your age. Every year it gets harder. You uh, know, without a doubt, we made mistakes. Uh, there's so much about other cultures you don't know, and just culturally, you can offend people. Uh, and uh, one of the hardest things was to learn <laughs> in Argentina. I'm, uh, I, I moved to Texas. My parents brought me to Texas when I was 10. So, you know, the cowboy mentality, manliness. Well, when we, you know, Argentina with the Italian influence, everywhere you go, you greet everybody with a kiss. Men greet men with a kiss and women with a kiss. And for a good old Texas boy to have to give every man I see a kiss was well, not the easiest thing to do, and so sometimes I tried to skip that and uh, probably offended a few people.
1: How
0: about you? Um, so I actually did not have any intentions of doing missions. Um, it was my freshman year of college when I was sitting, where you guys are sitting, and we had a missionary come and speak to one of our Kai Alpha services. And she's just sharing her heart for missions and for the world. And I was sitting in the back running the slides and just remember weeping and had no idea why. I've heard missionaries come and speak pretty much all of my teenage years. And so I was praying and I was like, God, what makes this woman different? Why is she able to make me cry with her story? And so I just began to feel the Lord say, be open to missions. You know, you have missions in your life. And I was just like, absolutely not. Like, I'm a student. You should have spoke this before I (laughs) committed the next four years of my life. And so um, I guess I I never really felt qualified to be a missionary until I realized that I wasn't called to be some super Christian. Being a missionary was just simply living life with people. Um, While in Moldova... There were many times when I questioned whether or not I was supposed to be there. Um, a lot of it was when I was out in the everyday culture with Moldovans. Uh, Moldovan Moldova is a former communist country, so everyone is pretty serious. And so there were the first couple of months that I was there, I was on my own as a single woman and just little things like you have to relearn how to live life. And that was new for me. I would go to the market and would go into the grocery store and knew nothing. Like I could not read the language. I didn't know how to communicate with people. Um, in Moldova, they don't have, the lanes are kind of recommended. (laughs) Um, no one really follows them. So even something as small as crossing the street was new for me. Um, There were many, many accidents where people were hit by cars, and so once you, like, they don't stop, but once you, like, put yourself out there, then they stop, and so there were many times when I was just, something small like crossing the street or something small like ordering meat from the market made me... It was like an ordinary thing in America, but when, it, when I did it wrong in Moldova, I was like, God, am I really supposed to be here? I can't even cross the street or order food. What is going on? So, yeah.
1: That's good. And those of you who have to cross university every day understand the struggle. Um, so you guys have followed God's command to go reach the world with the message of Jesus. And your prayer uh, is that God would change people's lives when you go to where God's sending you. Can you share a story of someone whose life was impacted for Christ because you were obedient to the call of Jesus?
2: I think in our very first uh, church plant, that means we sh- we went out in the open air and preached every night all summer long and uh, then ended up with a group of uh, 40 or 50 people. And one of the first was a university student who had received a little booklet uh, uh and it was a chart on how to get rid of stains. If you get mustard on your sheet, on your shirt, here's what will get it out. If you get ketchup, but there's one thing, there's one stain that the only way to get rid of it it's called the stain of sin is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he was intrigued by that and gave his heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Talking about, let me just tell one other story about university ministries and it's just because he's a friend of mine. He was an Olympic swimmer from the the nation of Paraguay, which is right on top of Argentina in South America. And he came to the United States on a swimming scholarship, and his swim coach was a Christian and led him to the Lord. And he came from a uh, uh, a very upper-class family in Paraguay, relatives who had been high in politics, and he was totally transformed. He was uh, incredibly disciplined. If you're an Olympic swimmer, that means you're in the pool every day at five in the morning and play the piano, play tennis, just gifted. And he went back and started preaching to all of his friends. Today, he's a pastor of a church of over 12,000 people in the nation of Paraguay. Probably, who knows how many millionaires in the country. His second cousin was the president, so he knows all of the politicians in the country. And one last story, he had... Uh, I don't know if you know, I don't remember his name. He uh, uh, doesn't have any legs or arms. He's a preacher from Australia. And so he and a famous guy took him to Paraguay and had the whole Congress there listening to this Pentecostal preacher preach on the power of Jesus Christ. And Emilio Abreu, my friend from Paraguay, It's so incredibly bold. to All of the congressmen and senators, he said after the guy preached, he said, now, if you need to to repent of your sins and you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, right here in the Congress, I want you to kneel down where you're at and repeat this prayer after me. University ministry. Some of you have friends with international students. Some of you are maybe here from another nation you're studying. And the power of God is going to transform your life, and he could raise up somebody that's here as part of a swim team, a tennis team, an engineering department, and 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 go somewhere overseas and have this incredible, incredible, miraculous anointing of God on their life to transform a whole nation. It, it's touched that whole nation. Amen. That's awesome.
1: Praise God. How about you, Ashley?
0: So, we had a young girl who would come to our Chi Alpha services. Um, there are over 160 campuses or colleges and universities in Moldova, so we're not specific to just one university or college. So we actually just have a building in the middle of the city, and we just invite every student to come to our Kayapa Center. And so we had a young girl, her name's Maria, she would come to our Kayapa Center and she really only came because we were American, and she wanted to see, like, why are these Americans here in the poorest country in Europe? And so she would come to our services and just stand in the back. And so that was me all throughout youth group, and even in Chi Alpha in the beginning. Like, I would stand in the back, and I was skeptical, like, seeing, like, okay, what are who is this person? Like, is he going to come up here and try to talk to me about Jesus? Or is this girl going to come and just be very huggy and touchy and so that's how Maria was and so I felt like I related to her and so I automatically like me like that's the girl that I'm gonna talk to so I went back there and just started a conversation with her and in the beginning she was very ashamed Moldova is a very big shame-based culture and so she was ashamed that she couldn't speak English well And so I explained to her, like, I'm not judging you or I'm mad at you because you can't speak English. Like that's your third language. Like (laughs) English is my first language and I'm like barely fluent in Spanish. And so I just got to just know her. I would bring her with me to have coffee, to have lunch or dinner. Um, I just invited her into my personal life. And through that, I was able to lead her to Jesus. Um, I asked her one day if she wanted to read the Bible together. And so that was very new because she was part of an Orthodox Christian culture that teaches their people that only priests read the Bible. And so I knew like, oh man, like she can either say no or she can say yes. And so because I spent that intimate time with her, she trusted me enough to know that I wasn't going to bring her into my apartment to condemn her and tell her like, you need to repent or you're going to hell. And so I brought her into my apartment and we went through the Bible together and she knew most of the Old Testament. She knew that God was a god to be feared, but then when we got to the New Testament, she had no idea who Jesus was. And this completely blew my mind because I came from a culture where people can quote John 3:16 and they're like they have no idea what John 3:16 is. And so I asked her, after we were going through some of the New Testament, we were talking about salvation, and I asked her, would you like to accept Jesus into your life? And I was sharing tonight at dinner, like, I've never seen someone so excited about salvation. She was jumping up and down in her seat and was like, yes, like, I want to. And so we prayed um, the sinner's prayer. And then after we were done praying, she looked at me and said, that's it. And I was just like, well, we can continue to pray some more. Like, I think that's it. And so I realized that it was because she was used to performing a ritual or she was used to going into the church and bowing down to an idol. She wasn't used to having this direct access to Jesus, and that changed her tremendously. And she's now on staff with us in Chi Alpha.
1: Praise God. Wow. So I'm sure you guys get this question. Uh, from time to time? Maybe a lot. Aren't there plenty of people to reach in America? Why do you have to go across the world to reach people for Jesus? How do you guys respond to that?
0: So um, I feel like I get asked this question a lot, especially right after I graduated college or graduated from Texas State. Um, I actually felt called to missions when I was a freshman in college. And it, there were a lot of opportunities that came up that kind of swayed me towards the marketplace, but I knew like when I would try to go that route, the Lord would continue to bring me back to missions. And so I actually interned with NBC5 here in Dallas in 2016 and That was a big deal because I was just like, okay, God, like I know you called me to missions, but this job is actually very cool and it's my dream job. And I can do missions here at NBC, like I can do local missions, but I realized that's not where God called me. I realized that Moldova needed me more than NBC needed me, or Moldova needed me more than the marketplace needed me. And the reason I feel that is because in Moldova, just to be an american to go to the poorest country in europe is already a ministry opportunity so these students see like why do you come here like i get asked that question not only in america but in moldova too um so i get asked all the time like why are you here like you are from america like our dream is to leave this poor country and go Mm -hmm. live in america why do you want to be among us And so my answer to that is, I believe in reaching the next generation of young people. Um, I see how they are crying out and they are hopeless. They're walking around without purpose and without identity. And I lived that and walked that in university life. Um, And so that is my answer to them. Like, I believe strongly in what God is doing in Moldova. And here in America, I know that I could thrive in the marketplace or even in in doing ministry here but I just feel like in Moldova like God has called me there Um, in journalism school we're taught two code of ethics it's to seek the truth and report it and to give a voice to the voiceless and I feel like when I turn those two ethics around through a ministry perspective it's much more powerful because these students are voiceless they don't have a voice they're walking around without hope in Christ, and it's only through people like me and people like you who feel called to missions who are going to reach those people who don't have a voice and who are walking without hope.
1: That's good. How about you, Don?
2: You know, I believe it's, it's, it's a valid question today more than ever, Is but if you're a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ, then everything we do must be based on the Scripture. There, everything. Everything. And Jesus said, go to all the world. And had a professor that said, uh, the question isn't whether I should go or not. The question is, should I stay? Because he said, go. So you almost need another order from the Lord saying, you're to stay and to send. And so if it's biblical, then we go. No matter what the nations, no matter what the governments, no matter what the visas No matter what the culture, the the tendency is, we go because it's biblical. Should everybody go? No. I think in the New Testament, there's two kinds of believers. There's the goers and there's the senders. And most of us who go are are also, we send a lot of missionary offerings to every other missionary friend we have. So if, if, if you don't go, then you should send. What else is there in the Great Commission if you're not a goer or a sender? So it's a biblical mandate that you either believe it or you disobey what God's asked us to do. That's good.
1: Don, you, you served faithfully as a missionary 42 years. Is that what you said earlier? You raised your family on the mission field. You, you went through you know, cultural adjustments, being far from your family, um, spent years serving in Argentina. As you reflect on that, um, what would you tell your younger Self in the moments where you wondered if it was worth it? Imagine those first couple of years and all of the things that you went through. What would you tell yourself back then? Well,
2: yeah, we arrived in the country three months after a military coup. And uh, our three-year-old daughter, and you get off the plane in the airport surrounded by machine gun-toting soldiers. Uh, we... Uh, Kidnapping of foreigners was was uh, a good business. Uh, a year before we arrived, a, a, an Exxon employee had been ransomed by Exxon paying $10 million to set this American free. So it wasn't a good time to arrive in the nation. Uh, twice, and then military dictatorships, we, twice in those years, early years, we had five presidents in one month. Uh, we were involved, the, the nation was involved in a tremendous, uh, Based on the the, the Cuba model, the Argentina in the jungles of the north had a huge Marxist, communist, guerrilla movement. And uh, when they began to lose militarily, then they moved in the city. So frequently at night, we listened to bombs and the shootouts. and uh, But I asked my son and my daughter, uh, who, my son was born there, at least he was three. And if they re- regretted it and uh, Not one moment, not one moment. They loved it. Even during the war with Great Britain, our kids were in the public school, uh, were persecuted because they were blonde Americans and and, uh, picked on, Uh, but not, I'd do it all over again, all over again, too, because the joy in doing God's will and doing it where He calls you, whether it's uh, Africa, Papua New Guinea, or Argentina, when you say yes to the Lord, no matter what the road brings, It's the joy of obedience that makes everything worthwhile. Amen.
1: Amen. Last question as we wrap up our time together tonight. You guys are sitting here in front of these uh, students who have their whole lives ahead of them. They're studying to become businessmen or women, uh, nurses, teachers, work, in all other areas of culture, right? Uh, The motto we see all over campus is lead on, right? Uh, There's an expectation that these men and women would be leaders, influencers, Uh, One of the other statements is lead on to change the world. So if you could leave one final thought with these future leaders about why missions is important or how their lives can be of service to the mission of God in the world, what would you say?
0: I would say that you all are all missionaries here. Um, There's a verse, Acts 1-8 says, and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And it talks about becoming disciples. It talks about reaching Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And so when I look at that scripture, I think of your Jerusalem is where you are now. Here at TCU, your Judea and your Samaria is outside of that Jerusalem. It's in your apartments, in your dorms, in your classrooms. And so if there's anything that you take from tonight, it's that you are all missionaries here. That is that's the Great Commission. That's what it's all about. Jesus doesn't request us to go and make disciples. He commands us to make disciples, and it's, it's either you obey or you disobey. And so, yeah, I would say that you are all leaders, and you are all missionaries here at your campus.
2: No matter what your career is, uh, God wants to use you. There's no doubt about that. One of our first families saved in our very first church plant, was, uh, he was a, a medical doctor and with a specialty in doing very well. His daughter was about eight. And he had, his son was about 15 and 14. And my very good friends, we've talked last week, said, I think God's calling me to be a missionary. What should I do? being in argentina he and nine other doctors had joined their finances to start a hospital and a clinic and according to the contract nobody would get any money out of it until after they had all invested 10 years he was at the ninth year and now he says i have a call of god i want to go to russia what should i do everything inside of me wanted to tell him hold out for one year <laughs> your kids need the money. (laughs) But if God calls, it trumps every other call. Look at Ashley. It trumps every other call. They went to Russia, planted churches, lived in Minks, so close to Chernobyl that Uh, A rare genetic disease caused by all of that. Every time they bought fresh fruits and vegetables, they had to measure it with a Geiger counter to see whether they could eat it or not. This genetic disease hit the father, and then the oldest son, and then the youngest son, and then the daughter. and paid a great price. A great price. In fact, the middle son died. But they wouldn't trade it for anything. They continue as missionaries today in Spain and love what they're doing. Their daughter married an American and lives in Little Rock, Arkansas. Your university students, their son graduated from uh, Evangel University, a Christian university, and then went to another university. Needed a job, and he started selling houses. He'd never done that before. They said, it'll take you six months to sell a house. He sold three in the first month. They said, well, I want to become an international broker. and They said, it's a two-year course. He passed the course in six months. 11 years ago, he moved back to Argentina and started REMAX in Argentina as the founder. Everybody thought it'd fail. They're part of our church. We'd take he and his wife out to lunch every Sunday because they had no money. Today, 11 years later, they sell almost 30% of all of the residential houses sold in Argentina with over 5,000 employees. So you put God first. And uh, Father Elegio, to or whether he leads you into the laboratory or whether he leads you to be a missionary to Papua New Guinea. O- obedience. Obedience brings great blessing. Amen.
1: Can you guys give these, these folks a hand? Wow, what incredible insights. Man, thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Don, for being willing to come and, and spend time with us and invest in us and pour into us and share about God's heart for the world and his heart for our obedience to him. Uh, guys, if you want to be a part of our mission trips over spring break or over this summer, visit slash missions and fill out the interest form there. Or you can talk to one of your life group leaders or you can talk to someone on staff. If you want to know more about missions and just the idea of missions, talk to one of us, either your life group leader or someone on staff. Um, if you want to give to missions, you can still do that through our Venmo or through our website. Um, but I would just encourage you just kind of in closing, continue to learn about God's love for not just you, but the whole world, his great commission to go into all the nations and make disciples and see how you can use this time in college, your gifts, your abilities to advance God's kingdom, not just here in Fort Worth on our campus, but also around the world. You have so many opportunities to do that and so much more availability to do that in this time in college than, than you might in future years. So take advantage of that. And we want to help you and talk to us. We want to be along in that journey with you in KAI Alpha. So Horn Frogs, hey, we love you. We're praying for you. And we're so, so grateful that you would take time out to listen today.
0: Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.